It's that time of the week, and you are listening to the Fancy Fund Manager podcast. I'm Stuart Lohman from Biz News. We're in week 25 of the 27-week competition, and last week's winner was Gina Pozabon, who managed a 6.66% return. The overall leader is Graham Keith Silver, who's up 11.97%. An interesting overall stat is that only 11% of players have managed a positive return. But joining me in studio to understand this and more are Corian Capital's David Bacher and Grant Morris from Klukas Grey Asset Management. Dave, are you part of that 11%? Fortunately not. Um, I uh, was looking good uh, early on and um, I've had actually this week, has, the last two weeks have been really my bit to put on risk and catch up my peers. Risk means uh, great upside or great downside. Unfortunately for me, certainly the latter. Grant, I'd, I can't ask the same question for you because I know you've just slipped from first to second as of this morning. But before we get into that, Grant, my colleague Alec Hogg spoke to your colleague Andrew Vincent and he spoke about your equity fund and your three-year compound return of 23%. I see the JSE benchmark over that same period is 12%. So for listeners, what's your secret source? Um, morning, uh, David. Morning, Stuart. Look, I think that, that, that Andrew and I have really tried to uh, and, and the and the wider team have really tried to stick to a consistent process over a, a, a period of time, and uh, and and you get phases where um, you know processes work um, and and work well, um, and sometimes where you have a bit of a malaise where you feel that things are not uh, are not perhaps working as you want them to, and I and I guess the key to that is is trying to stay patient around investment cases once you've done the homework on something and. Uh, we were fortunate that a number of uh, things over that period of time, um, you know, have played out pretty well for for, the, for that equity fund. So, you, you know, I don't know that it's a particular single um, in, in secret source or ingredient, but I think it's a combination of things and just, uh, you know, consistency of trying to uh, trying to stick to a process. Excellent. If we look at the market dynamics we currently operate in, we've got the Middle East war, we've got the Ukraine war, which we were speaking off as into day 600 or somewhere around that. What impact is this having on markets in general? Maybe I'll start there. Um, sure. It's, it's a significant impact. I mean, um, you know, geopolitical risk um, is negative for, for assets generally, not all assets, um, but when you have geopolitical risk, uh, you have uh, you know shifts of capital allocations, maybe greater budget deficits. You have um, uh, economies maybe contracting, higher risks of uh, inflation if oil prices uh, extend themselves. So you know it's something that is real, um, and that's just a financial impact. It's not even discussed, obviously the mm. the human impact, which is if you know probably first and foremost in everyone's mind. So. Uh, but in terms of financial impact, it is definitely something that I think all portfolio managers and allocators of capital have been watching very carefully, and, and I'll be surprised if they haven't been doing some tinkering into their portfolios. Grant, any insight from you? Yeah, I would have to agree with, with David on that, uh, Stuart. It's a very significant impact, and I think we're at a juncture where there just are some very complicated macroeconomic factors at play. Um, and and aside from what was mentioned, you know, in the Middle East, one unfortunately does have to take into account that there are possible spillover effects into the into the wider region. And as David alluded to, that can have a bearing on things like oil prices. 
Um, and away from that, you know, you you do have um, an environment where in in some places um, inflation is still at levels where central banks are just not convinced enough to begin to start uh, a rate cutting process. And I think that that is what we we need in due course to help risk assets. Um, we were chatting this morning amongst uh, the team and. Um, fundamental analysis is something that we absolutely and firmly believe in. And uh, uh, you unfortunately do get environments where um, you can have a phase in a period of time where fundamental analysis is is actually irrelevant. When you have an environment where bond yields are pushing up um, and, and, and going uh, higher as they are, and you have a set of geopolitical risks as we have at the moment, um, all the fundamental analysis of the world that you can do in the world is it can amount to naught, um, and that will matter. There will come a time when when that really will matter because the fundamental analysis and the fundamentals of a company's investment case um, absolutely plays out and is critical in the in the medium to long term. But in the short term, when you have these kinds of issues at play, it's there's other than gold. Um, there seems very little place to hide. What, what surprised me has been the oil price. Um, you know, in, in, if you look at the oil price in, I think September is actually higher than where it's trading at now. If you look at past uh, uh, conflicts in the Middle East, I would have suspected a, a, a greater rally in the oil price. Obviously, it's, it's gone up over the last few days. But you know, do you believe you expected the same? And maybe give us some insights into into why that has, hasn't been the case. Yeah, and I don't have all of the insights, David, but what I would do is is agree with you on the fact that we would have expected the world price to be higher. You know, historically, that certainly has been um, a theme that, is, that has played out in these kinds of, uh, of, of regional conflicts. Uh, we saw it um, at the onset of the Ukraine war, um, and we would have expected to have seen a, a greater reaction now. I, I suspect that the only factor that is that is um, helping to offset that, David, is possibly that that uh, demand, um, you know, is perhaps slowing as as economies are slowing. So you you do have complications in the supply chain, but it's possibly only offset by a, a weaker demand environment um, uh, with economies uh, the the brakes coming on in certain economies. Other than that, certainly I would have expected this to be um, closer to the hundreds and even possibly north of $100 a barrel. That would be my intuition. The knock-on effects of that are, of course, um, you know, that, it, that it, the risk is that that can then become inflationary um, once again and it gives central bankers a reason um, to do nothing about, uh, about interest rates. Is, is, that, is that the big worry amongst investment houses is that interest rates higher for longer, Grant, and what that does for markets in general? Yes, I think that's quite right, Stuart, that, that actually just, you know, you have uh, a cost of capital and a, and, a, and a repricing of assets that just bakes in um, a, a higher for longer scenario. And it's very difficult under those circumstances to see um, equity ratings, um, you know, go anywhere. Um, but but that too will change. We've got to be careful about being too negative about the, the the here and now and the and the immediate circumstances. I think that down the line, and I certainly hope that these the the, the regional conflict situation uh, in the Middle East can be resolved. But once those things begin to to resolve, um, you know, then I think you can see a more favourable backdrop for for risk assets generally. 
I'm saying Pit Fulun in his newsletter this week, he wrote about Black Monday, which was yesterday in 1987, where markets fell 22% on one day. But then he extrapolated forward on the compound return. It, it works out about 22, it's, sorry, 7% annual return over the period since. And it's almost like you don't want to say this too shall pass, but as an investment manager, you have to look forward and say, yes, these things happen. We've got to manage them on a certain level, but they too shall pass. And you invest in fundamental companies that will get through such situations. You know, over time, assets uh, reward you for, for their volatility and the risk that they have. And real assets such as equities, very hard to go structurally underweight them because it's very hard to call its timing. And if you miss on miss on the rebounds uh, and those big days when the markets rally, you, c- you can never catch that, that up. So, you know, over time, if your time horizon is long, you, you do have to know that investing is volatile. You need to endure the short-term volatility and um, a, 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 and keep your eye on the prize. And that is, over time, you know, equities do give you a nice real return. And if you hold them through the cycle, you should be able to outperform inflation significantly. Grant, you agree with that? Absolutely. I've got nothing to add. I think David summed that up really well. Just um, with this bearish trend, or I don't know what, what you define it as, is there any trigger that an investor is looking for that could rev- see it sort of turn, pre-turns a grant in terms of a marker or, or an economic factor that we need to look out for? Stuart, I, th- I think that this is probably going to be led by um, by the US in due course and led in the fact that uh, we need to see um, uh, uh, the first signs of inflation being in some way contained and the Federal Reserve moving from a position of wanting to maintain rates at their current levels to to one in due course of of, uh, of rates um, alleviating and coming down. And and I think that that, you know, the, the hint of that uh, and the first signs of that um, is, is certainly something that would be very positive for, for risk assets. So, um, that, that, to my mind, is probably key. You could say something similar for uh, the European the, the European bloc. If we get those signs either out of the US or out of the Eurozone, I think that that would be a positive indicator. Given the market dynamic, uh, Grant, is there anything stock-specific that gamers potentially look out for in terms of offering value? Yeah, well, I think you've had a real reset this week, so I think there's lots of things offering value. Um, it's been a it's been a sobering week. I think I'm down uh, just over three and a bit percent. So um, you could sort of take the view of cleaning the slate and trying to start again next week. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think we we chatted about it a few weeks ago. I, d- I do think it's worth having some kind of a hedge in this um, in this energy space, either. Either in a Sassel, an Exaro, a Sungela, um, you know, I, I think that some kind of portfolio hedge in that in that area will will, uh, will be helpful. Um, and and if there are other components, um, you know, where you can have a balance between defensive components of a portfolio, um, you know, things perhaps like uh, like food retailers um, and 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 the like uh, in in healthcare and food retailers. Um, but then you've got to you've got to have something where that, that that can bounce, you know, that can really give you a bit of an uplift after a tough period of time. You need um, something else, you know, in terms of a, of a different resource company 
or or a telcos uh, a telcos company, you know, which have really had had particularly tough few weeks and months that can give you a bit of a bounce. So again, I think you've got to have some kind of a barbell strategy where you can balance out things that can really bounce for you um, um, with with things that that can hold up. And Dave, with two weeks left of the competition, um, any tip for the week? Sure. I'm coming off with a low confidence of, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, volatility generally clusters. Like when you have a, a share that drops a lot, it's likely that it's either going to rebound or, or, or you know, there's lots of uncertainty. So you now I thought my catch-up trade was pick and pay um, and mm. I picked them and boy did I pay. So <laughs> I don't think I'm in a position to... <laughs> to be giving much advice at the moment <laughs> i'm taking a lot of abuse internally in the office so you know i'm uh, you know i'm uh, much better i think or hopefully for my client's sake managing a client's real world money than trying to trade and uh beat my peers <laughs> i saw i saw a headline and pick and pray i suppose that, that's the new <laughs> new gaming terminology we'll use grant just from your side of game a tip for the week I'm going to just try and clean the slate, Stuart. I've had a poor week. I'm going to have a good look at things over the weekend. Um, and, uh, you know, what, what has worked a little bit for me in the game is, is, is trying to identify things that have, that have really had a weak uh, couple of weeks or a, or a terrible, um, you know, seven to ten days of trading and, uh, and, and, try, and uh, try and pick out one or two of those. Um, that's, that's going to be my my strategy for the next two weeks and let's uh let's see where that goes grant i mean being the inaugural winner of this game um you know i really don't want that to get to you and i want you to sleep easy at night and just 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 the game and uh, you know there's a lot of credibility on the line but you must ignore that and just just you know do do the best things and just really only two weeks uh, i'm sure you're not going to drop the ball at the trial line i'm going to be exhausted at the end of the two weeks though but it's um something that has been keeping me up at night and it's been tremendous fun and uh, let's let's see what happens for the rest of it. Uh, that's uh, thanks to Current Capital's David Butler and Grant Morris from Klukas Grey Asset Management. And a big thanks to our sponsors that make the podcast possible, ShareNet, Terebinth Capital, Money Better and Klukas Grey Asset Management. And remember to subscribe to the podcast below and make your picks by 9am on Monday. There are still two weekly prizes up for grabs. But from me, Stuart Lohman, until next time, cheerio.